Welcome to our midweek worship service for January 20th from North Coast United Methodist Church. Today, as we look at the importance of communication, we pray that God opens doors for communication for you, whether it be prayer to God or interactions with individuals that you find disconnections with. We pray that the doors of communication open and opens the potential of grace. Amen. He's got the reading is from John 1 verses 43 to 51. The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me, Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God, you are the king of Israel. 
Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Welcome to our Wednesday midweek Bible discussion for January 20th. Here we are in a very long journey. One of the things I want to share with you, there's a reason that I've started these. And I I, I have a an idea for the future. Uh, and I'm trying to get in the pattern of it. The most immediate thing that we'll see through me practicing producing, putting together, seeing if I have time, time-wise, to actually put together what is becoming three, wow, even four services. If we look at our um, worship video that comes out every Saturday, our worship, our, our recording and presentation of two prayer services that are here on campus, currently a drive-in movie-style service, people sitting in their cars, and then our uh, uh, Tuesday Bible reflection and and what is becoming this midweek service, this midweek biblical conversation, uh, as we as we are rapidly approaching Lent, it's my hope that Wednesday this video, this Wednesday video, will become what I use for a special Lenten focus. Now. The last couple of weeks and for a couple of more, this video has been actually what I just realized, the fourth conversation on the scripture that we use on Sunday morning. When we shift into Lent, this video will have different scripture, uh, different prayer focus than what we're doing with our two services on Sunday and the Tuesday Bible study, this this Wednesday gathering will become our Lenten uh, Lenten focus. So uh, bear with me. I, I'm doing these, and yes, it's a fourth conversation on the same scripture for right now. Uh, but um, as we move forward, uh, as we kind of work through things and and prepare things. Um, uh, it, this will be our, our Lenten focus uh, service that will carry us through uh, to Easter. And then I, I, I will, in a very prayerful place, decide if we keep doing this midweek video or, or if it becomes a fourth conversation, if it, if it holds its own identity. Or, you know, I, uh, in a very, very prayerful place, uh, with the vaccine rolling out and after Easter, we might find ourselves uh, coming back inside. And I, I've made a promise and, and I'm going to hold on to that promise because we've made many, many, many new friends uh, through our YouTube worship services. So my goal is that we will, at the very least, when we move back into full service services here at North Coast United Methodist Church, I will continue to produce a, a video worship service that will be the same scripture as Sunday morning, but it will have its own elements. I, I want it to be more than just recording our Sunday morning service and putting it online. So I, I will have a produced 
worship service for you on Sundays. And also we'll have a produced uh, biblical Bible study for you on Tuesdays, uh, even after we open back up. And in a very prayerful place, we'll move slowly on that process. And and we'll, when we get there, we will get there at a time that it is clearly safe for everyone. And we won't have to worry about our older, more compromised members um, developing illnesses and, and suffering from those. So uh, that's, the, that's the place we are with this Wednesday uh, Bible discussion. But today we get a, a, a fourth conversation on this scripture of Philip and Nathaniel. Uh, becoming called into ministry and finding their place as as they both are beginning to s- discover within themselves who Jesus Christ is. And uh, today, uh, there's there's very significant things that have happened this week. Our, this previous Monday, uh, uh, July 18th, we celebrated Martin Luther King Day. And I do want to have a very special conversation on this, especially uh, when we get in the part of conversation that Nathaniel and Jesus are talking to each other, and they find a co-bonded relationship through interacting with each other. I, I very specifically want to talk about the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. within that moment. And today, as we do this, uh, today is actually uh, inauguration day here in the United States, and today is the day that um, uh, Joseph Biden becomes the president of the United States. So uh, there's there's different things that I want to use that, and I'm not going to talk so much the political aspects of of President Biden uh, taking office, but I do want to talk about. Uh, just some of the necessities that that everyone is beginning to call for, uh, the necessity of finding places of unity. And I, I want to use that narrative of unity, once again, talking about Jesus's interaction and conversation with Nathaniel. So let's go through it. Let, let's talk about communication. Cause that's where this converse, that's where this conversation's going to. <laughs> I um I conversation communication skills is is pivotal is pivotal and in many cases let's go ahead and jump all over that Freudian slip that I just had and in some places it's very pitiful and that's where we find a lot of our strife and division and misunderstandings that coexist. And I'll share this. A lot of times I use the narrative of conversations that I've had within pastoral ministry, but I'll go ahead and say uh, in many of the arguments that I have seen through my existence of being a human being, there's so many arguments that I've seen taking place that if the individual stopped and listened to each other, they would realize that they have the same passion for a situation. And if they could focus more on the passion, it would open doors of ministry, open doors of possibilities, open doors of forgiveness for each other. And that's the pivotal part of communication. I, In my w- lifetime in ministry, I had the blessing of going through training uh, with a, a group called the Lombard Mennonite Peace Center. And the Lombard Mennonite Peace Center is a mediation group 
that teaches strategies, that provides tools, teaches tools so that pastors, leaders, corporate leaders can have tools to mediate disagreements that exist within their communities of leadership. Uh, communication is, is highly, highly important. I can see anxiety levels grow within people not in the know. People not in the know. And sometimes I look at these situations and sometimes I just want to share with people, you know what, there's some things that you don't need to know. <laughs> and uh, that's the, the, the stone cold truth on that. And it's, it's not easy to hear. But I also acknowledge, especially in situations that it becomes a need to know process so that issues are handled properly. The anxiety level for people that aren't receiving all the information to work on a situation, it is high. The anxiety levels become very high. And I, before I get into the importance of communication, as I'm talking about this topic, uh, there, there are times that communication needs to be drawn into a smaller box so that the communication can be done properly and, and, and needs and concerns can be cared for properly. That's, that's one of the things that I like about our, our existence as a, um, as a connectional church specifically, which within our own practicing structure of of church leadership. I, I love that we have a church council where everyone goes to to share what every group needs to know. That's sort of the, the pivotal cog in the whole thing. But then, we, you know, we have trustees, we have finance, we have SPRC, which is our human relations uh, department, and they deal with their conversations in a way that they they deal with things that the rest of the church will never ever find out and and that's a good thing because sometimes we need to battle the the monster that's sleeping under the bed without anyone knowing so that we can move forward in a united front and united conversations so i i'm looking at all these places where communication thrives within ours. And it may not always be open communication that everyone can find out about, but for the times that we have these designated places of conversation that they need to take place, we have those committees, trustees, finance, SBRC, so that those conversations can be handled properly. Then we all go to church council. We, we give our reports and let everybody know that everything is going to be okay, even though that there may be some rocky ground that we're trying to cover, and sometimes the storms are rocking the boat a little bit. It all comes through communication. So through this Lombard training process, we begin to see that the anxiety levels that rise up in a lot of church conflict, a lot of marriage conflict, a lot of relationship conflicts comes from somewhere within the system, a slip of communication. We either slip in making sure that everyone knows what they need to know, or, you know, sometimes we let people know things that they really don't need to know, and it only heightens their anxiety. It doesn't resolve a situation. 
and it's a, a balancing point. But it's a balancing point that, that becomes resolved when we're willing to develop a grace-filled trust with other people and develop a grace-filled understanding of other people's intentions. And then if somebody's not telling me what I don't need to know, there's a reason. And my gracious, thank you for telling me that now so that I can handle this. We're going to see that level of communication right now as we look at this com conversation between Nathaniel and Christ, because Nathaniel is in a is in a pivotal point. Now, I've talked about this in our other gatherings, but I want to use the phrase again. Can can anything good come from Nazareth? That's the words of Nathaniel. Can anything good come from Nazareth? So we, we've got this guy that's sitting here, and he's in a point that he needs information. He, he needs to know what is happening, what is following in place, what is being laid in place, so he can make this decision. He's already seeing these other guys beginning to, to join the band, and, and there's a place within Nathaniel that he needs to work out, that he needs to process, that that he needs to just work through, to draw through. What's next? What's next? Now, within ourselves, if we only look at the question at hand and separate it from a, a process of conversation, of interacting with each other, there, there's so many different ways that this question can be received. And and based on how an individual hears it and receives it, it it bases it 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 askews their perception of Nathaniel. Let's hold this question within itself, without the additional conversation that we're about to move into, and talk about how Nathaniel can be perceived. Nathaniel, can anything good come from Nazareth? Only that statement, outside of the communication that we're going to talk about between Nathaniel and Christ, sounds like a challenge. <laughs> it sounds like a, a challenge towards Nazareth. And it sounds like that he may not have such a, a, a full uh, appreciation of, of Nazareth. That, that's the way it can be taken. It could be a, a question of teach me what good exists in, in Nazareth. It's not a slap in the face, but it's the opening of a door of a question to learn about Nazareth. Can anything good come from Nazareth? So it's all these varying things that exist within it, but it's the conversation that hashes it out, that flushes it out and makes it clear. The willingness of having that conversation to open doors and create realities between cultures. Now, I shared with you earlier this past Monday was Martin Luther, the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. And one of the things that I richly admire about Dr. King was his ability to communicate. Dr. King was not just a vocal advocate for oppressed culture, but he was also a teacher and an instructor who had to use his ability of communication to begin to chip down barriers so that doors could open, that everyone could begin to have a fair shake. We're still working on it. Dr. King kicked down some doors. 
and burn down some restrictive barriers. But we're still working on it. And what I like, what I love about Dr. King is he was prepared for this moment because Dr. King understood what it means to communicate a life-changing message as he was a minister. He was already sharing with individuals the necessities of spiritual change that exists as we seek to find our place at the table of grace. He was already aware and understood what it means to go out as the hands and feet of Jesus Christ to reach and touch needs and to care for individuals in such a way that they could see the potential of renewal and growth because of the efforts. Communication. Communication was pivotal for Dr. King because every message that he had Every message that he shared had a dual purpose. One was a vocal voice of advocacy that could be heard for the individuals that he was out campaigning for. It was a call that I am here for you and I am caring for you as he's sharing this message. If you break down the words of Dr. King as he as he talks about the dream and, and how children of multiple races playing together, the lion and the lamb sitting down next to each other, you hear it within that the words of comfort for the, inv- the individuals that Dr. King is speaking out for. But it's also a teaching tool because... <laughs> There's people that are hearing this message that are a part of the oppressive voice that needs to learn what's wrong. Uh, Believe it or not, there's people that uh, go out and participates in acts of oppression and they think they're doing it for the greater good and they don't see the hurt and the harm that they're actually causing to the greater community. I'm not defending them, and it drives me crazy that individuals truly feel this way. In this moment, I'm teaching about an oppression that I absolutely abhor. But as Dr. King speaks, he's not just speaking for those who he's caring for to hear, but he's also speaking to preach, to teach, to communicate this change, and hopefully affect the way people see their place in the greater community so that more people can find their importance in the greater community. That's the communication that's taking place. That communication begins here with Jesus and Nathaniel because Jesus starts to lay out Nathaniel's life, and he's talking to him, that he understands Nathaniel, that he he's seen him, he knows who he is. And Nathaniel begins to find a place of importance, not just for himself, but he sees the importance of Jesus Christ through that. He sees the importance of Christ through that. And as we have this conversation, that extracts, again, I, I started to propose a theorem that if if Nathaniel's statement, can anything good for Nazareth was forced to stand on its own, that is a statement that could become and be received as combative. But 
as we move into this place of this communication, as as Nathaniel begins to see who Christ truly is, as as Christ has this interactive, interpersonal conversation with Nathaniel, it opens a door of reality that Nathaniel just needs to learn. He wants to learn why Christ is important. And it's through this conversation that Nathaniel discovers it. Nathaniel wants to know if I follow this guy, what's next? It happens through this communication, this willingness to sit down and to talk and interact. Dr. King did a lot of powerful things. And the most powerful thing, me as an individual who was not alive, when that he was out vocally supporting and advocating for those in need, supporting and advocating and teaching what the true needs are, I am still learning. Years after Dr. King has passed away, I am still learning. I'm still being motivated about what's next. And then new doors open and new potentials come from me looking at my place as a faith leader as well. And it challenges me on what conversations I need to have so that we can keep showing images of grace that hopefully can stand on their own as motivated images of transformation. But it comes through that willingness of communication. And we see that revelation through this conversation between this conversation between Nathaniel and Christ. It's one of the things, I'll even jump off script for a little bit. It's one of the things that I actually admire about Thomas. Thomas has heard the message. Thomas hears the message of the resurrection, but Thomas wants to have this this experience this interaction with the risen Christ and and you know Christ gets kind of uh, uh, Thomas gets kind of corrected for it and and you have seen and believed but how much more could you believe if you believed and the challenge is it but one of the things that I I admire about Thomas is he doesn't say well that's not true you're a liar and walks away and separates himself from the message, Thomas wants to have the interaction to learn. Nathaniel wants to have the interaction to learn. Michael Drew Davis is a pastor in the year 2021, wants to have the interaction and the conversations to learn and to grow and to transform and the fine new places of hope. Let's pray for that because as we find those conversations, we begin to produce unity and unity produces hope and hope produces transformation. And as we have the grace-filled conversations of hope, we begin to see and grow and transform and see new potentials and new opportunities. Hold on to that. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And as we move through all this, as we move through all these things, 
we'll see what our futures will be and and we'll continue to pray what this Wednesday conversation will look like and we'll move into our place in Lent that our Lenten specific conversations will be in this so they will definitely be highlighted in the sermons but we'll have a different level of conversation through Lent on these Wednesday conversations May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. My name is the Reverend Michael Drew Davis, sitting in my office at North Coast United Methodist Church in Oceanside, California. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. God is love. Amen. We'd like to have the opportunity to get to know you. Please email us at ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And if you've been enjoying our services online, please email us. Please say hello. Again, that's ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And also, if you'd like to give to our church, please go to northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Again, that's northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Thank you for joining us.